listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. I feel like I fit I fit right in, you know what I'm saying, with my defense, my versatility, with me being able to play the five, me being able to play the four. Overall, playing hard and just my, my, my will to win will. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. We got yeah, a lot of young talent, um, a lot of guys that's wanting to be a great team. We all got the mentality to do it, so yeah, it's going to happen sooner than later. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to The Summit State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Stepbacks, and everything Houston Rockets presented to you by the Apollo Podcast Network. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny, and of course, with me as always is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. Follow my brother on Twitter at JP underscore Mirabueno. Follow me at Summit Commish. Follow our show and podcast at Summit SOM Pod, and of course, follow the media team at Apollo HOU and at Apollo NBA. GM, we got a big episode in store for our folks here and there, but one letter comes to mind. W. Dubs. WW Dubs. The Houston Rockets got their first dub to, well, not tonight. They got the first dub yesterday, and uh, we were live at the game. Filipino Heritage Night. It was live. It was ruckus. It was great and huge turnout. The Rockets get the first W of the season. They beat the Utah Jazz 114-108. The dream of 79-3 and lives on. GM, I am at a place right now where I was I was so happy to kind of kind of pretty much get that first W under our belts. But how are you feeling overall about last night's win? But also, how are you feeling overall about last night's night as a whole? Because it was a very special night as it was Filipino Heritage Night. Um, it was really nice to be able to be... In downtown Houston yesterday, there was a different kind of energy from opening night. I'm not going to lie. I feel like even though opening night was pretty packed, last night just had a different type of feel to it. There was a lot more, um, I'm not going to say intensity. That's that's definitely not true. But it was almost, um, we got like a slice of Manila at Toyota Center last night. Did it feel like you were at one of those parties we used to go to when we were kids? I feel like it was like one of those. You're yeah, about to dive into our culture every, one time. Every um, <laughs> older parent that I saw, I was afraid to look at them because I was afraid that if I did know them, I, I would feel bad if I didn't say hi. In our culture, you're supposed to you know, speak to your elders, say hello, greet them, and, um, and, what, even and, if you and, don't and know bless. them. So, so what they do is you take your right hand and then you take their right hand and you proceed to put it to the top of your uh, – not top of your forehead as opposed to like a blessing – uh, you know, that's your way of kind of showing respect. And I, I was at, at a point last night where I I, I kept looking around. You I kept feel turning like you around. You should and I was do like, that to every single I was uh, like, parent and grandparent yes, that you saw. Yeah. Absolutely. I was, look, I think Filipino, Filipino Heritage Night was an absolute success. I, we have to give a lot of shout outs, first and foremost, to the Houston Rockets organization for collaborating with us on a giveaway. We were so thankful uh, that they that they were they wanted to work with us especially and we were able to get four tickets and a jersey giveaway out to to, uh to a very special winner we're so thankful that we were able to get it out shout outs to the houston rockets um you guys just it was great to work with y'all hopefully we can work together in the future it was just a ball um i think working filipino heritage night kind of getting to experience that firsthand We'll go into the game in just a minute, but I do want to focus in on Filipino, Filipino Heritage Night first. It was such a special night for our culture, 
for the people. I think, if I remember correctly, Craig Ackerman said that they tripled their numbers from last year. Uh, in terms of the people that, I, I don't know if it was the total number of the building or if it was the total number of people that attended the Jalen Green Q&A, which I can confirm was 2,000. So 2,000 tickets in that package were bought. I don't know if 2,000 people exactly walked in for the Q&A, but 2,000 people were estimated to arrive at that Q&A. And it definitely felt like 2,000 people were there. GM, let's dive a little bit further into this. Filipino Heritage Night, how special was it for you as as a Filipino, you and me both being Filipinos, to be able to represent our culture and, for, and to have someone like Jalen Green, obviously, represent our culture in a very special night? Um, I feel like it was... It was uh, definitely very important in terms of pushing forward the culture, um, in terms of representation. You know, um, the Philippines isn't exactly a country that gets all of this adulation and respect around the world. I mean, the only place that I know that does notable Filipino Heritage Nights annually is the Golden State Warriors, even though those are our rivals, quote-unquote, not really newsflash guys they're not our rivals um we're not good enough to be the rivals. Not, we were never good enough to be the rivals i hate to say that um but at the end of the day it's just really cool that we were able to experience that and see that with such a heavy amount of traffic like you stated two thousand people bought the package that doesn't even include those that just decided to go to filipino heritage night to enjoy themselves and to hang out with their friends their family it was kind of crazy, to be honest. Like I was, I was actually on Instagram uh, this morning looking at IG stories, and I saw so many of our friends at the game that I didn't even see at the game last night. I know. So it's like a ton of people. It's kind of crazy, people and people that I know for sure that don't watch basketball, but they were there for <laughs> Filipino Heritage Night, supporting, supporting exactly, and it's you know supporting the culture, mm -hmm. you know, and it was just it was really cool and nice to see everybody. A few of those that we did know, it was really nice to, you know, chat with you guys for a short time. Those that came and said hello, it was really nice. And people that listen to the podcast, like, we really appreciate you guys for um, approaching us and saying hello. Like, it's really cool. It's humbling. Um, we're always appreciative of those that take the time out of their day to listen to this podcast for some reason, right? Yep. But, you know, like, overall... It was pretty cool to see the turnout. With I think ABS CBN was there. They were interviewing people during the Q and A or before the Q and A um, had officially started with Craig. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. Shout out to Craig. He was a he is always a master of ceremonies, a master of his craft, and an MC he was. He did such a great job um, interviewing everyone that was there. I don't remember the art guy. I I honestly feel bad. I do not remember his name. Um, can you go look it up? Um, I will look it up and, as you talk. You know, Brian Puspos was there. Yep. Uh, shout outs to him. And of course, the star of the hour, Jalen Green. And man, it was <laughs> it was really nice to hear their stories, but it was really funny to hear certain things asked to Jalen Green. Like it was funny, like one of the questions they asked him was like if he had switched a, a, a closet with anybody, who would it be? And Jalen says he Jalen said no. I got enough drip. And I thought that was probably the most hilarious response I've heard. Um, but then he did say he shouted out Calvin Murphy, the legend, the retired number, Calvin out Murphy. Out of everybody. Yeah, like, and he that's, was that's like. That's dope. Like to hear this. Yeah, I mean, the respect. Shout out another 
former, like another former Houston Rocket, current Houstonian, as a Calvin Murphy. I thought that was yeah, super dope. Yeah, Calvin Murphy's been killing it since the, the freaking uh, 60s and the 70s, and ever since he's worked for the organization, he's always been I got the on name. top of his I game. I got the name, by the way, Jason uh, Atenza? I'm not sure. I don't remember. Atenza. Sorry, Atienza. sorry, if Kenny. If uh, sorry, I am. If he I apologize if I butchered your name, but I think you know. I just want to also add on to what you were saying in regards to this night, and I guess how special it was. Is Jalen Green is somebody who, I guess, as a Filipino player, because that's exactly what he is. We finally have that person, that NBA player that we can look to and be like, that's one of ours. You know what I mean? Like, you think about it from the days of Manny Pacquiao was to boxing, what Manny Pacquiao was to the Filipino culture. You want to equate someone like a Jalen Green to be that guy for the Philippines, for the culture, Mm -hmm. through the NBA. Yep. That's the way I see it. There is always a hero. There's always a hero in every um, sport that that Philippines tries to find. Because once they back you, the Philippines backs you a thousand percent. Like if the if if Jalen Green continues this trend of popularity with the Philippines and the Rockets make the NBA Finals, they're gonna shut down the they're gonna shut shut it down the the whole city for two and a half hours. Yeah, just, just like uh, just like how they would shut yeah, down the season. Manny Pacquiao for when Manny Pacquiao yeah. fights. It's yeah. the same situation, and I think. No, I don't think I know Jalen Green is already on his way. You can feel the impact. The air was different in Toyota Center. There was a buzz before Jalen Green came on. Because when they were interviewing Brian Puspos and Jason, there was a buzz in the air. Everybody wanted to get their hands on Jalen Green. They wanted a picture. They wanted an autograph. They wanted to be in his presence as he was interviewed. This is so great. For the Philippines, because of the fact that our number one sport in the Philippines, the number one export in sports is basketball. We love basketball. We've loved basketball. We always joke that we bring a football because they never heard of a football. Yeah, that was the yeah. joke. Or we yeah. bring a baseball because they—I mean, they—they they probably know baseball and football, but you won't see any goalposts. You won't see any baseball fields. You will barely even see any soccer fields. What will you find the most when you are in the Philippines? You find a basketball court. I can round a corner in any part of the Philippines and find a basketball court, whether it be on hardwood, on uh, concrete, in dirt. There will always have a basketball court. So to finally have a player that you can finally connect the dots with, you know what I mean? Like having a Kobe Bryant was one thing. Having Kobe Bryant's great. Having a Yao Ming was fantastic for the NBA, for the NBA in the Philippines. Having Michael Jordan for the NBA in the Philippines was incredible. They took leaps and bounds with those three players. This is a whole different animal. This is someone that the Philippines can look at and say, that's ours. He's one of us. I can look at, I can look at him as a, 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 you can tell a 10-year-old who is trying to make it in any way, shape, or form, whether it be the NBA, their jobs, their anything. And they say, hey, if Jalen can do it, I can do it. That's what Jalen wants to create in the culture in the Philippines, and that's what he's trying to create now through this type of like through these types of nights. 
Fun fact, Jalen Green was one of the main people he pushed for these events. He wanted these events to happen. Like, these events were already happening, but Jalen Green pushed it tenfold. Let's push it to the moon. Let's get every team in the NBA to host a Filipino Heritage Night. Lo and behold, every team now in the NBA hosts a Filipino Heritage Night. All because of the Houston Rockets and because Jalen Green pushed so hard for it. Isn't that incredible to think about? That's amazing. I mean, if only everyone was in the forefront like the Golden State Warriors. I'm just kidding. Um, wow, you always have to give a Golden State <laughs> shout-out. Can you not? <laughs> like, like that, that was like... That's I'm just, like saying... Okay, that's like saying you literally... All you're trying to do is go like to... You want to go to a drive through to get some coffee, but instead some guy named Joe pulls you out from the side and, and decides to talk about the weather. It has nothing to do with your goal. <laughs> you're just trying to get your coffee. And yet, some dude named Joe wants to talk about the weather. What are, what are we doing here, GM? Okay. Can we please I, deviate from Golden anyways, State? Anyways, that, that, was, that was meant to be annoying. I apologize. I apologize just, to I our apologize. listeners. I apologize. I'm getting irate on our show. <laughs> I apologize to the GM. I apologize um, to our listeners. You know, I think it's wonderful. It, like I stated earlier, I think that it's amazing thing that our culture, the representation of it, is moving even more forward in terms of, you know... Um, What's the word? Um, when you're when you when it's seen more. I don't even know, man. See, this is where I lose. I didn't sleep well last night. I, I wrote an article last night, so excuse me. I'm in the process of writing an I article, wrote, by the way, as well. So yeah, I wrote the post game article last night. Um, no excuses, yeah. though. No excuses. But I I know exactly what you meant, though. By the way. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 I do know but what you a, mean. anyways, it's. I, I just think that it was it was an amazing night. Like like I stated, the atmosphere. It was I'm not gonna say intense. It was more so along the lines of just like there was a, a thickness in the air. It was more so, you know. Yeah. There was just a lot of people expectation. There was a lot of hype with Jalen. The the cheers were louder every time Jalen Green hit a bucket last yeah, night. Absolutely. As you can tell. Absolutely. GM, I'd, I I want to ask you uh, one more question before we move on here from Filipino Heritage Night. He actually had a lot of quotables. In his interview, mm-hmm. like, you know, you can go back to him saying, you know, I got that year under my belt. <laughs> you know, he had a lot of quote. What quote kind of that Jalen Green from that night in particular kind of stood out to you that was, I guess, different or something that you had not heard of? Because I have mine, but mm-hmm. let's hear yours. He talked about uh, chicken balls being his favorite food in Philippines. That to me was shocking. He said Maybe it was fire. He said it was fire. Quote, quote, unquote. For 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 the old heads means delicious. <laughs> Go on. Oh my god. Go yeah, on. obviously I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not in lingo. Trying to make a joke. I was trying to help the old heads out. You did. You did. You did, you did. You did a great job. You did a great job. Okay, you're you're a great uh, person to bridge the gap okay. in terms of the the old and the youth. Okay. You've done a great job, Kenny. Fantastic. Congratulations. Anyways, what I'm saying is that. That was surprising to me out of all the food that he possibly could have tried. But hey, man, Jalen's a simple man. Maybe that's, you know, that's what he likes. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I've had, I've had, I've had, it's, 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 like, it's not like when They're I go great. to places, I had it in the like, too. like, shout out to Be More Pacific. Like, what do I always want? I always want the, the Geo's Lumpia because I just, that's all I want to eat. You know, I don't, I don't really care for anything else. I could eat like four of those, man. Should yeah. fill me up. It's just yeah, crab meat, a little spice. Yeah, it's absolutely. Good. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think it's great that Jalen Green liked to have, you know, that 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 was and what he ended up having. Uh, I think the one quote that stood out uh, to me out of all of that was his 
He didn't say the correct name. He said Ilocos. He did not say that. He said something else. Logos. Locos. But then they correct. They ended up correcting him. Yeah, they did. But yeah. I think it's really cool that he's he's trying. You can tell he's he's trying, and you can tell he's really embracing it. Like he looked like he enjoyed being here. Like he enjoyed this night. He enjoyed being with the fans. He enjoyed being with the Filipinos. Like he is so proud to be what he is i've never seen this i guess from someone from the nba mm-hmm. i mean not granted now granted like there, there's only been two and then he's the third but i've just i've never seen this it's, it's like almost uncharted territory for me you know pacquiao kind of inherited it he didn't like have to say it he just you know he's from the philippines it's a little different yeah um but someone like jalen green who wasn't born there but still embraces the culture 100%. I need a Jalen Green in a Barong picture. Like, I need one of <laughs> I those I never knew I needed life. that until you like, said it. I loud. need to see one of those. Jalen Green, if you are listening to the summit, I will personally provide you a Barong to wear. I will customize it and everything. I will make sure this happens. <laughs> Shout out to our boy Ryan who if wore a anyone, Barong last night. If anyone knows Jalen Green... <laughs> That is listening to our show right now. Get in, get in touch with him. Get in touch with him for me. I will customize his own barong. I will make that happen. We, we like, see, we, he just needs to add just a little bit more drip I, to that closet. I think you know the barong I mean? would be perfect. Exactly. I think it would add to the drip. I, there I mean, you go. he could he could do whatever he wants with it. Wear wear a barong, black jeans, and maybe some uh, Filipino babes, yeah, uh, no. Pharrell style. You know Ab- what I'm saying? Absolutely, absolutely. So, I think you know it's encapsulate the whole night. It was such a successful night. It's such a it's such a step in the right direction for the culture for uh, the Philippines. And I this is only his second year as a rocket. Are they going to triple the numbers next year? You know, I I think their goal is to get like all those seats full. If they can do that, oh my goodness, like you're looking at possibly Filipino Heritage Night just being huge for the Filipinos but huge for like the entire city. I think mm-hmm. that's what they wanted. No, that's I, what they ultimately what they want and what they're trying to garner. Mm-hmm. So I think as a whole, this is it's going to be great. It's going to be a fun night. I can't wait to see how Filipino Heritage Night continues. You know, year after year after year after year after year. Um, the Summit Boys will will be there every Filipino Heritage Night as long as we are able to. We will be there to the capacity in which we will be there. We don't know, but we do plan on being there every Filipino Heritage Night to at least at the very least support the culture and support Jalen Green. So GM, let's go ahead and move on now. Because there was a game that did happen to take place that night, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, there was a game that occurred, yeah. So right. the dream of 79-3 and three lives on. The Houston Rockets get their first win of the NBA season. Again, say that with a straight face. The Rockets were 1-3. and three. They defeat an undefeated Jazz team that were 3-0 and and riding high for the fourth game of the season. Rockets win 114-108 to behind the shoulders of the sexy boys' backcourt, uh, Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. coupled along with a sprinkling of my son Jabari Smith Jr. Fun fact, GM, out of the 114 points, the Sexy Boys backcourt along with Jabari Smith Jr. had 72 of those 114 points, scoring more than half Mm -hmm. of, well over half of their team's points. These three were absolutely a dynamo uh, on, on offense, Obviously, some stuff happened on the defensive end, which we will talk about in a bit. But overall, what was your thoughts about this win? And uh, what do you believe that this is a step in the right direction? 
I'm just happy that we were able to get the win. That that I believe that was very necessary, um, considering how tough the schedule is moving forward. We're on a four-game road trip now, starting with tomorrow's game in Salt Lake City. We're playing the Jazz again. Um, to talk to you know to go back on that in terms of the importance of the win, like it was extremely necessary. Um, I feel like this team definitely needed to see something go in the win column. There were certainly things that were occurring that you know I still question in terms of decision making, rotations, um, who should be shooting. I mean, one a, a critique that I can certainly say in the fourth quarter is that Jalen got one attempt. Um, I'm not saying that he was iced out, but we just the team in general needs to do a better job of getting him open. Despite that. My man shot super efficiently. He had like, what, uh, 68, 70% effective field goal percentage, I believe, last night. And Jalen just continues to prove how efficient he truly is. The guy shot over 50% from the floor. He shot 9 of 16 from the field and 4 of 8 from 3. That's huge. And I'm not saying that he felt the pressure in terms of like wanting to put on a show for Filipino Heritage Night. But, I didn't even feel like it was that though, which was weird. He was no, just kind of doing what he normally but I, did. But I feel like he probably did feel a little oh, bit. Yeah, he wanted course. to put on a show, right? And there's nothing like putting on a show without getting a little bit of help from your friends. Shouting out Ringo Starr with his boys Kevin Porter Jr. and Jabari Smith Jr. Let's shout out Jabari Smith Jr. first in terms of those clutch free throws, four free throws at the end of the game. And you were stating it while we were at the game, saying that he was the much clo- the most clutch free throw shooter in clutch in crunch time in college basketball last um, year. Not the most. He's not number one, but he was uh, high. He was high rated. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I not don't number know one exactly. though. Not number okay, one. Okay. Okay. That's totally he was fine. High rated in terms of highly rated is enough. That's exactly what you need in terms of being able to you know to do that. Jabari Smith. He, he shot pretty well, I will say. He was 6 of 10 from the field and 3 of 5 from 3. That's very, very, very efficient. He played very well, despite the fact that he was in foul trouble. Um, there, were, like, there were some possessions on defense, especially in the fourth quarter when he had five fouls. You can tell that he wanted to do a little bit more in terms of the defensive end, but he was very disciplined in terms of keeping his hands up, not bringing them down, and doing the best that he could in terms of playing defense without fouling. Granted... As the years go by and he becomes a bit stronger, then he can probably muscle those in a way where he can still avoid fouls, but they won't get those shots on them. But considering that it is his rookie year, it's totally fine. He did play very well. I mean, there were parts of the game. Um, is it okay if I mention this part, Kenny, real quick? Go ahead. The Which argument part? between Jabari Smith Jr. Yeah, and I, I, I didn't want to highlight on it, but yeah, you can talk okay, about okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. Um, all I'm going to say about that is, you know, like if we watch the replay, there was a tweet out earlier this afternoon that was made by uh, Dave Clutch fans. Um, and you see the play and you see the reaction from Jalen. And what the play was, it was funny because I remember that exact play. We were watching that play and you could see the action in terms of Jalen moving from the corner to the paint and peeling up to the top of the key where Jabari Smith Jr. was, just so, was supposed to set a screen. You can look at it in two ways. Jabari Smith Jr. wasn't prepared to set the screen, which is why he missed the player completely, or he didn't want to draw a foul at the last minute because he was too late in terms of setting that screen. And 
because of that play, Jalen did try to get the ball. Kevin Porter Jr. decided to go isolation on that play instead because, you know, the play didn't develop, and he's like, okay, I have to do it now. There's seven seconds left on the clock. It's up to me. And so he did that, which led to a block. It wasn't the best decision. But that's what led to the argument on the bench, I'm safely assuming, because at the end of the video, it was highlighted. You can see Jalen visibly angry and yelling at Jabari. And I don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing that they're being frustrated. It's just a matter of that they care. They care about winning. It's better than being apathetic. You know, they actually care about winning. And Jalen is, what Jalen is doing is holding the rookie accountable. I mean, it can it can be looked at either way, where it's like maybe Jalen can be a bad guy, you know, to you, if you see it that way. I'm not speaking about you, Kenny, I just mean people in general. Um, but what I see is that I love the fire from Jalen Green. I love that Jabari Smith Jr. wanted to fight back because he's like, hey, man, you know, I'm doing the best I can. I don't know exactly what's going down in the huddle. But I like, the, I like how fiery it was in there. And the great thing about that is they channeled that in, brought that energy into the end of the game, and we won. And at the end of the game, when they commented, it's over, it's done. It's it's nothing, you know? And as Kenny, as you and I have played basketball, you and I have played basketball together on separate teams, on the same team, we argue. Um, you argue with teammates, and that's normal. It happens, right? So all I'm saying is that it's really not that big of a deal in terms of that in general. But Kenny, uh, let's bring this back to you. Like, yeah, I yeah. want to know what you think and how you felt about that situation in terms of the argument and what happened before and what happened after. I thought about it. In, if I took the two perspectives in which I, I thought about it, the way that I took my best like perspective on what I was seeing, obviously, am I going to lean heavily on Jabari? Let's not. Let's not. We're going to call a spade a spade here. I'm a huge fan of Jabari. The joke is that he's my son. Am I going to hold him accountable when I feel like something is all when that he does is wrong? Absolutely. Will I joke about it? Like I'm not. Of course I'll joke about it. But for real, yeah, absolutely. I'll hold him accountable for it. Um, I, I got to. I did. We did see that play live. I did think there was a miscommunication to a degree. I I know Jalen wanted the screen. Jabari, I yeah. It it looked by replay that he was hesitant almost hesitant to like set that screen um and not not get that sixth foul i would think that would be why because jabari is typically like he has a very high basketball iq in those crunch time situations i don't believe him to be that type of person player that will not set the screen knowing that all it is is it's a screen it's either you have two options you either do the screen and roll or you do the screen and then you pop back out for a wide open three. Um, that option is also there for someone like a Jabari Smith who is also shooting lights out. Three of five uh, from three last night. I think overall from what I garnered from watching this was that Jabari Smith could also be in the wrong here because of the fact that he did not want to set the screen. Or he was hesitant to set the screen. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. If if he didn't do it because of the fact that he didn't want to get that sixth foul, he has to learn that that 
does not matter. You wanna you wanna take a piece of a play off so you don't get your six foul, then do it on the defensive end. Cause he did have a few possessions where he had to lay off. Like he put his hands up, but he knows he couldn't body use his body contact and he couldn't really be as aggressive with blocking because of the fact that he was afraid to commit the six foul. If you're gonna take the break, the break quote unquote to not get fouled, take it there. Don't take it on a fact that you're afraid you're gonna get fouled. I don't think the refs are man enough to call that sixth foul on a freaking screen. I just don't see it. All you got to do is stay pressed on your screen, don't move, stay vertical, and they won't call anything. Now, granted, are the Utah players, on the other hand, are the Utah players going to be flopping? Are they going to flop for that sixth foul? Yeah, they could. That could have happened as well. And that ultimately could have led to a sixth foul. I understand the mindset that Jabari had because he's a rookie. He does not want to fall out, foul out. He knows his role. He knows his importance on the team. He knows what he brings to the team. He knows he's their anchor defensively because if he goes out, you might see one of maybe Eric Gordon comes. Well, no, Eric Gordon was sorry. Eric Gordon was already in the game. One of an Usman Garuba that may have to come back into the game because they need a big to get boards. Or they'll just go end up going super small and bring someone like a Dacian Knicks back in the game. Like their their f- bench was funneled out. They were empty because of the fact that you you lost Shangun, you don't have Tate, you don't have Bruno Fernando. That's that's a wing and three bi- uh, no, sorry, a wing and two bigs that are basically out and very crucial for that front court. Jabari was so crucial to staying in this game for them to ultimately get the win. So I understand why he may have backed off on that but at the end of the day yo rook you still need to set the screen because that is a basic nba play that still needs to be made but on the flip side of that was he slow to it did he not read it that's a that is a possibility i i give jabari a lot of credit but there is also a possibility maybe he was just caught flat-footed maybe he just didn't know so if that's the case he's just gotta know better but either way, bottom line is, if you look at either scenario, Jabari's got to know better. You have to either set the screen, be aggressive and set the screen, or keep your keep your toes keep your toes up and continue to fight and know the play that's coming before you. That's a basic. Those are two basic NBA basketball player instincts. So I need him to kind of when he gets into those moments maybe it was a lull a split second lull which can happen in basketball um it just happened to happen at a, it just happened to have happened at a clutch moment that's the thing and uh and, you know when there's less than two minutes in the game if it happens when there's five minutes in the second quarter no one's gonna talk about it no one's gonna care that that was the play mm-hmm. but when it's a crunch time in that big time situation and you're the number three overall pick they're expecting better and, and imagine if we lost that game Exactly. And the one word that, and I quoted on it and I put it on my Twitter, I said accountable. I love that these two are holding each other accountable. I love that Jalen is holding Jabari accountable because he's like, dude, you need to set me that screen. We need to run this play. And then I love Jabari probably fighting back saying, hey, dude, I can't, I can't set a hard screen. I'm going to get called for my sixth foul. Or, hey, man, I was too busy looking at another, maybe I, there was another play being ran or, hey, man, like I thought something else was being run. I love the fact that those two fiery individuals are going at it. I've never seen Jalen that animated. This is good. This is good progress. And if you guys think anything less than that, you don't know basketball. And I'm sorry. I got to be brutally honest here. These are 
This is a rookie? Jabari Smith, who is is trying to carve his niche into the NBA here. This is Jalen Green, one of the most dynamic... I'm already calling it now one of the most dynamic guards in the NBA today. And he wants to win. People always question, oh, he scores points. Does he want to win? Look at, look at the argument on the bench. Does it look like he doesn't want to win? He wants to win. So, overall, these two players, it's great that they did this. I think it's great that they're holding each other accountable. Because at the end of the day, it's going to progress this team further. Do you think Jordan and Pippen just chilled on the bench? I'm not comparing them, but I'm just saying. Do you think they just chilled on the bench and just chilled every single time that there was a play that they didn't like that was being run? No, Jordan would get at Pippen. And in turn, Pippen at times would get at Jordan. Mm -hmm. That happens. That's basketball. And if you think anything different, then guys, go pick up a basketball and go play. Like... (laughs) Because we know how it is on the court. You get into arguments. You just want to have the best play, Ryan, because you want to win the game. They were winless, but bottom line, they had their win. And that's truly what matters. Let's pivot from this from this now, GM. Another talking point that's obviously been talked about during the game, actually in the past two games, has been a highlight or a low light of some sorts, and that is Kevin Porter Jr. being the point guard for the Houston Rockets, which has been discussed by some fans on ad, Twitter, ad nauseum, ad ad nauseum, and still being talked about to this day. Look, you had a double-double, 26 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, 4 turnovers. Not a good assist-to-turnover ra- uh, ratio, by the way. Um, still plus 3 on the court. Stat line looked great. 9 of 9 from the free throw line, which really stood out to me because he really struggled on his free throws last year, so it's great seeing that. GM, there were a lot of plays being run on Kevin Porter Jr.'s side where a lot of it was ISO. And I do have to say, to a degree, I was not a fan of that. I saw a lot of ISO down the stretch that I did not like to see, that if I squinted my eyes hard enough, it looks like James Harden's on the court. <laughs> There's only one James Harden. That's There's true. only one person I'll allow that will do that, and that's James Harden. <laughs> There's a reason why he's earned the right to do that. Kevin Porter Jr., at times, did seem to have tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you right now, where does Kevin Porter Jr. lie with you right now? Now, granted, we're only in game four of the season, but people are already thinking that, KP, look, you're not a point guard. You're not a point guard. Why are you not looking for other people? Why are you only looking for yourself? Why are you you tunnel visioning it to where you are only playing iso ball and you're leaving everybody else out to the breeze here? Because there were plenty of possessions where he could have found Jabari Mm -hmm. or plenty of possessions where he could have found a roll man to the basket. Yep. But, you know, I'll give my, I want to give my opinion in just a second, but I want to ask you your opinion first. KPJ, how are we feeling so far about him? Um, he's been really up and down in terms of point guard play. He's done a few things that he would do last year in terms of not finding the guy. When he's driving to the bucket, he seems to just be more hard-pressed on scoring. Um, I'm going to say this, though. and Jalen Green isn't going to be... Out of this, this includes him too. The one thing that the Rockets have not done very well is finding the corner shooters. I mean, Kenny, you and I have witnessed uh, Jabari Smith Jr. out in the corner plenty of times where he's open. And Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., and even Eric Gordon miss him. They all play a very similar style. Um, I would say that Kevin Porter Jr. is certainly a play- He can be a playmaker. He's more so a combo guard in my opinion. You know, he's, he's not, he, I don't think he should be your primary playmaker, but the Rockets have bought in with him. 
honestly, in my opinion, as much as they love Dacian Nix, it should be a veteran point guard out there. Like how uh, Dennis Schroeder ran the show last year when uh, Kim Porter Jr. was on the bench. But I think you need someone who's a bit more of an actual mixture of a true point guard. Someone who can run the show, but can also just shoot. You know, not shoot like everywhere, but shoot shoot the three at a decent clip. Um, a veteran point guard that'll help show him exactly what it's like to really run the show. Uh, at this point in time, we don't have that. They have extreme faith in Dacian Nix. I disagree. I mean, he's a he he is a decent NBA player. Do not. Uh, that's all. That's as that's as far as I'm going to go in that subject. To be honest with you. Um, I, I just have an opinion in terms of playmaking, and Kevin Porter Jr. is a good guard. He's elite when it comes to catch-and-shoot threes. I don't want to say take the ball out of his hands all the time, but I just want to see him make proper reads and progressions in terms of the offense, and I think that's something that we'd all want to see, honestly. Like, uh with Jalen like we all want that you know we all want to I'm not sorry Jalen Kevin Porter Jr. it's so bizarre because he is like the most polarizing figure on Rockets Twitter outside of Alperin Shingun but it's just for me it just seems like he's still doing some of his old tricks he's progressed in certain aspects but we'll really see and tell when we get to games 15 20 and 25 the real uh, adjustments that the coaching staffs the coaching staff makes in terms of finding ways to get Kevin Porter Jr. to find the open shooters. I mean, five and a half assists a game is okay. It's the first three games. We don't want to get um, overreaction, having an overreaction. But I ex- honestly, I expected better from him. But we'll see. He's still averaging twenty points a game. So. I mean, at this point in time, that's still pretty good. But when your record is one and three, there's not much to show for it. Um, but yeah, I'm not completely yeah. sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with all of your sentiments. I don't have any issue with the way KP's playing. I just want less ISO ball. I just want less ISO ball. I want more plays ran. That's what I really want to do. That's all I really want to see, especially in clutch moments. I just need to see more than just KP ISO, and. Look, KP in his bag, top five in the NBA. Take a shot every time I say that every episode. I'll say, I'll, you know, you'll you'll be you'll be long drunk before the end of this pod. But it's the truth. Now I don't want him to continue to drink his own Kool Aid and continue to go down the route of thinking that he has a top five bag and he's going to continue to ISO. Look, no, that's not what I want to see. I need plays being ran. You have an elite. An elite three-point shooter in Jabari Smith Jr. Now, you have a budding star guard next to you in Jalen Green. You have a sniper from the outside like Eric Gordon. You have the pieces to run plays. I don't get why you're... I don't get why they're not... Either they're not running more or the play gets blown up and then they have to go to a KPI. So I think they try to set a play and then it just doesn't work out. And then it lands in KP's hands and then he has to create maybe... But they need a backup. They need another backup play. They need to figure out plays to make stuff happen rather than just standing around because that was that was what a lot of the game ended up being in that fourth quarter against Utah, which ended up being a huge win for us. Don't get me wrong, but if KP's not on, if Jalen's not on, you're going to lose every one of these games. 
I need to see more from these guys as they continue to progress throughout the season. Look, I did not... I always joke around by saying that this team's going to be a playing team. 10 seed, that's all you need to do. If you want an opportunity or a chance to even get, scratch that surface, you have to run more plays. And I and I believe they're, they're going to do it. It's not a complaint for me. I believe they're going to do it. We're in game four of the season. Dude, Jay, uh, what is it? Uh, Steven Silas has not had Jay Sean Tate this entire season. Yeah, that's, lost, that's certainly Sh- something. He that... lost Shangun after the first two games. He lost Fernando mm-hmm. in game three. Like, come on. like We're in game four. His actual starter. His game, dude. We have seventy-eight games left. I'm gonna talk to everybody, all my Rockets fans, especially Rockets Twitter that are listening to this. Come off the cliff. It's game four of the <laughs> NBA season. There's seventy-eight games remaining. Mm-hmm. Calm down. <laughs> it will be fine. KPJ is going to be just fine. I've seen enough out of him just alone this season to make me be like, okay, all right. Because he's actually playing consistently. He tunnel visions from time to time, but the one thing I noticed, he's not, He's his mind is consistent. That is what's going to carry him further mm-hmm. into this NBA season and what's ultimately going to lie to the success of this team if he has his head continuously in the game. It's been looking good the first four games. I'm hoping it continues that trend the next 78 mm-hmm. or however many games he plays. I just need Rockets fans to chill out. And I really believe that we're at, we're at a day and age in 2022 where it's like everybody always wants to find the negative in things. That's all they want to see. They're not happy about the fact that the Rockets actually got a W. You know? yeah, Shout out to Lashard Binkley who was like, yo, did we get a win? tonight his people are sure didn't seem like it his people be whining. yeah sure didn't seem I mean, like there, it. there are a lot of things a that, win. that you could be upset about well what though I, I understand win. i know I, I understand that you got your I'm first w of the season this a, isn't win number 10 no win no, number no. 17 this is win number one yeah and i think i think that's very fair to say i mean there are also things i mean i wasn't very happy with certain uh things that were being run oh, i mean yeah no of course i'm, I'm talking about like yeah. in terms of not the players i mean like this in a silas thing this is more so, to me, it was like a Silas thing. Yeah, because not know? running plays and, and certain yeah. things that happened on the offensive end that led to that. I'm not – look, I'm not happy about the way that they played either, but I'm not – I'm also not going to – I'm not going to blast, you know, get rid of KPJ. He's not a point guard. Like – Yeah, that's not the way to go about that's it. That's not the way to go about no, it. No. What are y'all talking about? He's just signed for a four-year contract. You guys, like, chill. My opinion, trade Eric Gordon. And that's not even a knock on Eric Gordon. Get, get get Eric Gordon to a contender. Get Eric Gordon to a team where he can be successful. That's the thing. Eric Gordon is the last of this of the last of the you know the James Harden regime, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, he's going to continue to play the way that he plays because one, he's a vet, so he's earned it. Yeah. And two, Gordon is a bucket, and in his mind, still believes he's a bucket, so he's going to continue to do the play the way that he plays because he knows he's not winning a title. So he's going to continue to play the way that he plays. It's going to either raise the stock or it's going to lower the stock. But bottom line, Gordon's Gordy isn't going to change his game for anybody. Not for these rookies. No. Not for KP. Not for Jalen. He's just the older guy that he's plays the older head. way. I'm here to play basketball. I'm here to do my job. And that's mm-hmm. what Eric Gordon's here to do. The players love him. The team loves him. You could tell. But he's just there to do his job. I thought 
Overall, though, the win was the win was good. The defense looked solid for the most part. There was a lot of broken plays, which uh, let's let's not go into too much depth on it. But I do just at least want to talk about it just a little bit. Just the defense overall. Um, Jabari Smith Jr. played the five tonight. Oh, sorry, not tonight. Last night, which made me very proud. I was so happy to see that, and I think he pretty much held his own for the most part. He played all his every minute he played was at the five, mm-hmm. and he and in my opinion. The Jazz is a good team to do that against. Absolutely, because yeah. they have bigs, but like not really athletic, rim-running, like or dunk like over your head Muscular bigs. You know? Exactly, exactly. And look, he had great. He had a great stat line. 21 points. He had two assists, three blocks, only one turnover. He was a plus two on the floor, nine rebounds, six of six from the free throw line, three of five from three, six of ten from the field. You know, my favorite stat line, six uh, defensive rebounds and nine rebounds, 69. Hello. But I think... Jabari Smith, though, the way that he impacts the floor, you're seeing the impact of how he plays on the defensive end when you got to see him play in these the, in the at the five. I immediately, being at that game, saw him barking the orders right at the start, right at the start. Now, granted, he's not yelling at the team, but you can tell he's the communicator. He's like the buffer for the team. He's the one that is kind of getting them to their spots. He's pointing everybody where they need to go. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what I dreamt of. When I yeah. wanted it, when the second we drafted Jabari, and it's finally like coming to fruition, it was really dope to see. Um, it's I, I don't want to see Jabari of the five every minute of every game as no, of right no, now. No, no, no. I but, mean, in limited yeah. minutes, yes. I think it, yeah. it can be extremely effective. Yeah. For me, it's more so like seeing Tari Eason on the floor. I want to see them. To, that's what I want to see. see them play together. Yeah. You know, no, what I, I, mean? I agree. Yeah. I agree. What What was your overall impression though of their defense? Like, what did you think? What did you think of their defense? They they gave up. What is it? They gave up 108 points. That's not bad in, by today's standards by any means. Mm-hmm. But what do you think overall of how they played defensively? I thought they played decently well. I mean, Kevin Porter Jr. looked really good on defense. Same as Jalen Green. They both looked really good in terms of individual defense. The intensity was there. They, they did what they could. Um, I was very impressed with uh, the hustle of Usman Garuba. Not going to lie to you. The hustle of Usman Garuba was certainly helpful in terms of his limited minutes, uh, to be honest with you. Tari Eason, like, Tari Eason as a defender is just next level. Like, I, I don't know how to put it into words. He just never like, stops. Yeah, he doesn't stop. He's, like, you know, they say basketball never stops. Remember that old Nike shirt? I do love that Nike shirt. Yeah, uh, that's how Tari Eason plays, you know. And for him, it's just kind of like, it's crazy to see. It's, I don't know, man, it's rewarding considering that he is the 17th pick and he wears the number 17. That's a very important number in our I franchise. I think that's so cool. I think that's so cool too. Yeah, absolutely. Like being a tough wing that can guard, you know, three through five effectively to an extent. Um, as the years go by and Tara Eason gains that experience and wisdom, he's going to kill it, man. And he's certainly going to be the seal of the draft. Um, he the like overall the team was impressive in terms of execution. Obviously, there are things that can still be worked on. Um, I don't want to knock on certain players. I'll say this: there are certain players out there that just still seemed lost um, in terms of defense, even with communication. You can just tell that they lag a little bit behind. But with the help of their teammates, they're still able to overcome that. So hopefully. As the year goes on, that is something that said players that are not at that level yet can get there. Um, 
but yeah, that's pretty much how I feel. Yeah, the, in terms of that. Yeah, the defense I think overall was like like I said was decent. I think uh, overall I loved the way Tari Eason played. The defense as a whole was was could be better, mm-hmm. but. Overall, it was really good. The rotations were set really, really well defensively. They were getting to their spots. Um, they were scrambling a lot, which that's yeah, normal for a young team. But they were, a lot of them were scrambling back to the proper spots, which, which is actually very good for you know NBA teams to learn. Is scrambling is fine if you can know where you where you where if you can know where to rotate to after. Scramble defense is fine as long as you know where to rotate as soon as you're done with the. "Quote unquote scramble." I mean, you don't really want to scramble. Know? It's more so like yeah, help yeah. off defense but and switching. But scrambling is going to happen because this team is so young. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like yes, yes, the scramble yes, yes. is the scramble for this young team is fine. You don't, of course, you don't want it to happen. Like ever, you don't want them to scramble. But when the scramble happens, I do did notice that they were able to kind of rotate to their correct spots after, which I thought was great. Um, they did leave. A bunch, you know, they did leave shooters open. I remember they had, you know, the joke, the the ongoing joke is that one uh, bench scrub is going to go off, and uh, you know, shout outs to uh, Fontecchio, Fontecchio. Dude, that guy was yeah, he was yeah, he's a shooter. Assassinating us, man. Lights out, man. He's killing us. Fontecchio doing more Fontecchio. I don't. I'm sorry if I hailing from Italy. I'm just kidding. I I don't know where he's from, but he sounds like yeah. I mean, he shot five of nine. He was three five from three. I mean, he was a sniper, so he really ripped us in the especially like in the third and fourth quarter. So that's obviously something that they can learn and get better at as time moves on. But, like, I'm going to wrap this up in a nice bow by just telling people and letting them know, like, look, I'll say it once and I'll say it again. Guys, by the time this episode comes out, it's Wednesday. We're going to be in Utah against the Utah Jazz on a back-to-back um, little two-game series against Utah. It's game five <laughs> of 82. Anyone that's complaining about anything without even getting five games under their belt, take a step back and really just think about it. Because myself and the GM, yeah, we'll we'll have our concerns, but they're not leveled as real actual complaints. I do want them to improve and get better at these things, but I'm not hitting panic button on any of these situations. Guys, we're a rebuilding team. This is not championship caliber number one seed in the west expectations and now you're starting a one and three start at that point yeah i could be like yeah okay you're having one and three start you're not supposed to have a one and three start when you're when you you know when you have the number one seed in your minds guys one of the worst teams in the nba i would love the play in realistically i know it's not gonna happen so in regards to... No, man, stick to that. You want the plan. Yeah, you believe no, that the plan's no, going to happen. Okay, don't get me wrong. Realistically speaking, I don't think it's going to happen, but of course, I believe it's going to happen. Oh, am I going to push it into existence? Absolutely. I am going to push that agenda each and every day. That's why, after every win, you heard it here first, after every win, if you have my Twitter at, follow me at Summit Commission, I'm going to be posting the dream of, like, for example, we only had three losses, so the dream of 79 and three lives. And it's going to keep going throughout the season. As long For every game we win, I'm going to keep going with the highest total win that we could have for that season i am gonna do it every win so Mm -hmm. the dream of 79 three lives so you're talking about pushing agendas i'm pushing the biggest agenda (laughs) in that so you know it's bound to happen it's bound to happen and it's bound to get better so rockets fans listening just calm down it'll be fine if you need peace listen to the summit if you want chaos i'm not gonna say who to listen to but 
if you want chaos, you know where to go to. So <laughs> I'm not going to comment any further. GM, look, let's go ahead and close the show with obviously uh, one last uh, segment. I wanted to open this segment because I thought this was actually very important. We are a Houston Rockets show. We are a Houston Rockets podcast. I want to step out of the summit and I want to step into the juice box one more time because we are in the World Series. What in the world? What is happening? We are... I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. We've done very well this postseason. That's all I'm going to say. I ain't going to say it. I ain't going to jinx it. My man doesn't want to jinx anything. I am not jinxing anything. But we're going back to the World Series GM. Juice box state of mind is going to make an appearance in this episode. It's going to continue to make an appearance... As long as this stuff this is, happening. Run is happening, yeah, this run is yeah. happening in the golden age of of Houston Astros baseball. How are you feeling about the fact that we went to the World Series? We've talked about it uh, in confidence, but talking to the people now, talking to the city of Houston, how do you feel about it? Oh man, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, granted, um, what was it like the last time we recorded uh, the series? Had the series started yet? The ALCS at that point in time. Um, Oh, no, no. It did. We recorded during game two. And then right now, we've already swept the ALCS. Uh, we completely decimated New York. It's kind of crazy to say how much we dominated. Um, I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm a little surprised. But you know what? At the end of the day, like, dude, it's unbelievable to have experienced this in terms of fandom this type of dominance, this isn't every day. This isn't normal. This is truly the golden age of baseball in Houston. And I've told people time and time again, I said in 2020, I said in 2021, appreciate it while it's here. Because before you know it, we're probably going to suck again because they're going to have to rebuild. Whether they retool or rebuild remains to be seen. But eventually, you know, this golden age of baseball isn't always going to be the success that we will see and dude i mean it should be it's three in the last four years it should have been four and four we should have beat tampa bay in 2020 let's be completely transparent but randy rosarena decided to be barry bonds for that playoff run but that's neither here nor there it's just kind of crazy. We're we're playing another NL East team, the third NL East team we've played. But I, I I will say that this NL East team isn't the weakest, but it's certainly not the strongest in terms of who we've played in the past. This team that's before us, the Houston Astros, this team's just built different though. Like there's just there's something about this team that just I don't know what it is, man. They're the most well-rounded baseball team. Um Team, I guess, and, and uh, okay, look, let's we're, let's call a spade a spade here. The 2019 Astros were let upon mythical proportions, super top heavy. Yeah, I'll say that. very well, not, top. Yeah, heavy. not even just top heavy though, because you did have the bullpen. Like, we'll, we'll like, was it? I mean, you can say yeah. that our bullpen now. Is oh, that's no. This bullpen's untouchable. Better, but oh, so yeah, much better. no, of course. But I'm I'm saying like, I think this. Look, the 2019 team in the Astros was of mythical and legendary proportions. You have potential Hall of Famers across the board, very similar to the 1927 New York Yankees. The This team in 2022 has to be the deepest team in in this entire Golden, Era, in golden Age run. Um, if only you had Brantley on top to boot with it, you, the team would be even deeper. Um, but 
I think overall what this team is and what they what they represent for the city, you can tell that these guys, they're tired of having that bad taste in their mouth by the end of October or early November. They are so sick of it. Um, I'm going to shout out once again, and as we continue to talk about Juicebox, I, I, we're never going to take credit for this. The first listen, if you ever love Astro stuff, guys, listen to Beyond the Diamond, listen to BTD. But shout outs to Dez, uh, our homie, our, our kind of pretty much our boss. <laughs> Basically says, you know, that's Astros are going to get you death, death by a thousand cuts. That's how they get you. They're not going to get you with one swing of the bat. They're not going to get you with home run hitting. They're not going to get you with a seven run inning. They're going to wear you down. They're going to, they're going to take you. They're going to see you around the lineup multiple times. They're going to take take good at bats. They're not trying to be hero. They're going to pass the baton. They're going to give it to their they're going to give it to their pitchers who have been bonkers amazing this entire postseason run. Actually the entire season as a whole. And they're riding the ship all the way into the World Series. I am mm-hmm. at a loss of words cuz I'll be honest with you, Correo's my favorite player uh on that Astros team. I'm at a loss of words. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I, I like, like, I, and, and man I ate crow. I did. I did. I wasn't sure what they were gonna be, but I'm, I'm so happy to be wrong. Every time I say, I'm like, yo, give me my crow, steam it, do whatever you got to do, cook it, steam it, uh, raw, fresh, put it in the air fryer. I don't care how you got to do it. I'll take the crow however you want to give it. Like, I'm so happy to be wrong. I'm so proud to be wrong. I've never been more proud of being wrong in my entire life, and uh, I'm so happy. I'm so proud of this team. Um, we're going to be enjoying the World Series as well as this Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful time in Houston sports, right? Just right now. Like, just this moment, like, is incredible. We're getting to see the budding, young, upstart Rockets trying to build towards a, their own golden era. Mm-hmm. They're building towards it right now, right at this moment, with young studs. They're building it from the ground up right now. And then they see the end goal, which is happening right now. Yep. Houston Astros in the World Series, four out of six years, doing it again Yep. right now. This, this, what a beautiful time in sports. What a beautiful time in Houston sports. Jim, how do you feel about the fact that we are living Houston history right now? How do you feel about that? It's a little it, – it, it, when you put it into perspective like that, that's not something I've really thought about all the time. I mean, granted, I'm always the one that says appreciate what you got while it's here. Understand what's at hand have the wherewithal to know like this isn't every day but wow you put it like that it's just it's um humbling man yeah don't cry like don't cry now (laughs) (laughs) no maybe maybe if we win it all knock on wood you'll get that out of me but i've never i haven't said that i've literally um, said i i've worded it in different ways if we get to the finish line if we get to the finish line, that's what I've been saying. I'm um, not I, saying I, I, I get anything it. I get about it because I, get I have it. said this in the past and I've gotten screwed in the past. So I am being uh, extra careful. You know, this team, this, is di- this team's different. This team's yeah. They don't different. give a crap about anybody's uh, yeah, superstitions like, whatsoever. We have none, not too much in terms of superstition this year. So well, speak for yourself. I have a jersey rotation that has been consistent, and that's led to consistent. I'm not going to say what, but I only wear games one and two the same. Everything else I've is kept different. my consistency. So. So and I've not watched The Martian once, so that's, <laughs> that's what, 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 what do the Astros know? What a time! About? What a time! What do the Astros? What know a time about? that was! Yeah. Uh, if you if you remember, if you bring it back all the way to last year, Kenny would do it for since 2017. Been, since 2017. And let me tell you, like, see everything that we've done since then to last year, 2017 to the, to last year, we haven't done any of it. Yeah, it just no. does not matter. Nope. And that's what I've learned. I'm like, I'm not superstitious anymore. 
I'm just a little stitious. Yeah. So there I are like certain that. things that we'll do. Good way to think about it. But I try to keep perspective, you know, and understand that the seam is something else, man. And as much as I love, um, you know, to believe that I have some f- sort of power in helping the team, reality is it's, it's not true. <laughs> no, that's a lie. I have to wear the right jersey for games one and two. Come on now. Let's just be go, real here. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. like overall – it's just, it's crazy, man. I'm just excited. I'm hoping that the city is excited. We cannot wait for Friday. When you hear this, it'll be Wednesday. So it'll be two days from now. So, dude. Let's get it going, man. Let's get I'm excited. Let's yeah, get it going. But it, dude, it, the city is about to go crazy. Friday is going to be next oh, level. Oh, it's going to be a party. It's, it's going to be a party in the city. And we'll be, hopefully, at a party in the city this yeah. Friday. We'll see. We'll see what ends up happening there. Okay, so... Let's go ahead and close this episode uh, as we continue to, you know, pump our content out to y'all. Um, it's It's been a blessing to be able to do what we do and uh, to harken back to what the GM said earlier. We've been so blessed to have people, you know, meet us, actually listen to us. It's been humbling that, they, that they've recognized us and that in a way we've impacted their fandom in a positive light, which is all we've wanted to do. We've always wanted to be a voice for the people in the city, a voice for the fans of Houston, and we're happy that we are actually hitting those types of heights, and we're actually, our voices are actually getting across, and we appreciate that, that our opinions actually do matter, and the hard work that we are trying to go for is actually paying off to a degree, but the work is never done. Job's not finished. Job's not finished. I don't know if the job will ever be finished. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't know if, but the hustle does not stop, and, and we don't stop with our content so we're going to continue to post episodes as they continue to come out gm let's go ahead and close this episode here um i give the reins over to you on the go home here give everybody what they need to hear basically everything that i said at the opener but you're the closer you're uh ryan presley and uh go ahead and get it going actually while you do that i'm gonna go i'm gonna sing that uh song that wa- his walkout song if you do that. go ahead um first of all i was i just want everyone to know that be on the lookout oh, for some recent news. Down. <laughs> Stop. Keep going. I'm going. Go. We're, we're going to announce some stuff God's in the next day down. or two, hopefully. Um, I don't know any more of the lyrics. Stop. Uh, we're going to down. I'm so distracted. I've been on for a long time. <laughs> for, a for a long time. time. <laughs> Sooner or later. God's gonna cut you down. <laughs> Sorry, okay, okay. Thank you, Johnny I thought Cash. I could do the walkout for you while you were going because you're the closer. Nah, um, but yeah, like just be on the lookout. We have, um, we'll be definitely, um, uh, what is it called? Speaking some news very, very soon. And so, anyways, follow me on Twitter at JP underscore Mirabueno. Follow us on Twitter at Summit SOM Pod pod follow us on instagram at summit state of mind underscore pod follow the team at apollo nba follow the network at apollo hou you already know what it's gonna be for tonight let's go rockets and friday let's go strohs for more wins for more wins for more wins all right GM, uh, great stuff as always. Uh, thank you for always uh, being with me, being my co-host, always being my partner in all of this. Really appreciate it. When you get as far as we ever could, we definitely need, we've always uh, been together on this, so it's always great to see. And uh, yeah, 
just uh just adding on to what he said yeah follow me on twitter as well at summit commish we appreciate each and every one of y'all uh continue to support the rockets as they play uh tonight against the utah jazz and support the astros as they play game one on friday it's going to be a fun week in houston sports and like i said we're living houston history so on the sign off here let's go astros and of course as the summit let's go rockets the summit for, 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 for life.